Oh my we gosh, are, we are back. Did I steal your thunder? <laughs> you really are doing the most today. Already? I mean, we're we're doing the seconds most. in. You know, it's just it I just feel like I am consumed with just the a most lot with you today. The most? Are you consumed mm-hmm. with the most? Yes, I'm exhausted by it. That's great, but who are you? I'm Jay. And I'm Ray. And this is He Said <laughs> He Said, the podcast that still to this day makes you go, hmm. At least we hope so. And if not, I'm sorry. <laughs> but before we get started, we want to remind mm. you to rate, review, and subscribe to us on all yes. streaming services. You can also find us at He Said He Said Pod on your favorite social media platform. We also have this group that we would love for you to join called We Said Sound Off on Facebook. It is a group that essentially was made during COVID for you to be a part of. So find us, like us. Subscribe to us. Yes. And the last but not least, tell a friend to tell a friend. Indeed, because we keep saying it and it be, we say it and we repeat it because it's true. Engagement is super important to us. So we appreciate you and hope that you will share the love. Yes, ma'am. All right. So I guess we'll move on to love it or shade it. Okay, so I'm just going to be honest and say oh. that my love it or shade it is very layered and multifaceted and um, may take longer than a normal love it or shade it because my love it is to the moment that black women are having in pop culture right now. Okay. Okay. So, you know, if you're wondering, well, what do you mean? Okay. Let me tell you. Oh, this is going to, this so, like it could be a whole ass episode. Come on. Yes, that's true. Because we every had, episode we talk about black women. We and do. black culture. And, you know, we talk about the things that are the most, what we, you know, think are the, the most important or impactful things that have happened. And lately it's been very black and very female. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we had black as king. Mm-hmm. Followed by WAP or WAP, WAP. I don't know, whatever, however you want to call it. Not a WAP. Whatever. Not a Whopper. <laughs> I mean, it's looks it's like a WAP, WAP to me, bitch. But okay, WAP, sure. And then Kamala Harris. Okay. Mm-hmm. So these things happen like boom, 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 like in succession. So we have Black is King, which if you don't already know, premiered on Disney Plus, July 31st, 2020. This is um, Beyonce's. Ode and opus to the uh, African diaspora. Okay. Oh, come on. It was everything. Walt Disney even mentioned it during their earnings call, which you know it's big shit if it gets mentioned mm-hmm. during an earnings call for, you know, a, a huge corporation where they said that um, they uh, saw an increase of approximately 3 million subscribers, which they were at least in part owing to um, Blackest King and Blackest Mm. King being delivered um, and distributed through them exclusively. All right. So we have that. Also, just to be clear, it has 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. Okay. So, yes, critically acclaimed at this Mm. point. We can Mm. say that and And it's demonstrably true. And sit with it. Okay. Mm. So we had that. Then we had WAP, if that's what you want to call it. Why are you saying it like that? So WAP. Why are you saying it like that? <laughs> and so WAP actually came out while we were away because mm-hmm. we were not here last week. 
um, and, you know, cover your children's ears. I don't really know why your kids would be listening, but I mean, I guess that's fine as long I'm as they're a certain age. But wet ass pussy is what that, um, yes. what that stands for, but we will heretofore. Or wet and gushy for the edited version. <laughs> yes, for, for YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will continue to refer to it as WAP heretofore. Yes, okay. ma'am. So this is a song that was released. Um, it is Cardi B. It is Megan Thee Stallion. So right there, you already have this cultural moment because it's two of the you know female hip-hop artists who are really at the top of their game they released this this is um this was on august 7th it's the lead single from cardi b's second studio album and culturally okay it was released same day um the video broke record for the most views within 24 hours for a female collaboration garnering 26.5 million views um it also um i know had debuted um, very high um, on Apple, um, I mm-hmm. think internationally and also here in the mm-hmm. States. Um, and it was a cultural moment. All the reactions, it led the day. There was, mm-hmm. you know, positive and negative, kind of just like Black is King, positive mm-hmm. and negative. Absolutely. These things are not perfect. I think if you're looking for perfection, you will be let if down. If you're looking for pe- perfection, bitch, close your eyes and, and count the sheep. Because <laughs> bad, bad black sheep. What's not that? bad, bad. <laughs> The bang. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I can't with you. Okay. And then lastly, but certainly not least, we have Kamala Harris, who was announced as former Vice President Joe Biden's running mate in the 2020 election. And this was on August 11th. Um, so, you know, she is the first African-American, which I still have questions about that. I need to dig deeper into this. I do see that she that it does state African-American in her Wikipedia page. And I mean, which she, I know her Wikipedia was heavily edited right before this announcement was yes, made, but probably by her staff. Members. Right. So I think that she must, if she identifies as African-American, yeah. then she identifies as African. Right. But, but her no, but lineage. my, right. But my question is, I want to make sure she actually does identify mm. that way. And it's not just yeah. this being assigned to her. Um, but first Asian American mm. and third female vice presidential running mate, on a major party ticket. And this um, is very, very significant. So again, we have, and I know that she identifies as black. So we have three major major developments within pop culture. I'm just picturing her dancing in the WAP because I feel like she's low-key. I feel like oh, she's, she's low. aware. I feel like she is low. That she might be, is aware of bitch, WAP. I feel like I know that probably is. is her ringtone right I now. I know that she is aware of WAP. She probably never will own up to that, but I know that for sure. Um, and I think it's just interesting because, um, you know, like I stated before, their criticisms in each of these cases. Mm-hmm. We'll get um, into this more in depth, I'm sure, when we talk about Kamala because she's also the lead in our unfiltered and unbothered this week um but again i think if you're looking for perfection that you'd be better served by Close actually your eyes and count sheep no but like in all seriousness just realizing that nothing is perfect first of all and that something can be impactful but also flawed mm-hmm. so you know that's all i'll say about that and you know again what i would say is that what runs through this is and for me why i think that is culturally you know even more significant than just you know leading the news cycle for a week or however long um i think that the sheer breadth of representation that's being shown here Mm -hmm. is what sets this moment apart from a lot Mm -hmm. of other moments i think for black women in history um and you know i'll speak for myself you know traditionally i've kind of um 
shunned in a way very very like sexually explicit and overt oh i live for sexualism why why in female hip-hop because in my mind i'm saying okay well there should be a place for that but then there also should be um you know people who are champion championing um non-overtly sexual mm-hmm. representation so your chicas your rhapsodies you, you know what i mean and the list can go on and on and on the kaylee 47 like there are all these other hip-hop artists mm-hmm. but it seems like you know if you look it's like the most popular you know, female hip hop artists, especially right now, all have this kind of common theme, the big fake ass. And you know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. there's this. But OK, so I say that to say that Jeez, even though traditionally you spin my head round, even round. though traditionally that has been my you know, that could be my position on that. I think that what sets us apart is that when you see these things, you know, in succession, it's important because there is a breadth of representation Mm -hmm. that's taking place so seeing those images together and those forms of representation together are super important because Mm -hmm. if we only had WAP and WAP was the only thing that was happening Mm -hmm. then I think I would probably have a different opinion about it but because these things are being seen together I think it's super super this love it is basically a whole segment on the podcast well I I gave a disclaimer in the beginning Mm, weren't you here for that I was not I was counting the sheep okay selective hearing so that's what I'll say. What did you think of these things that have happened? I mean, that, what do you think I about my love? It. I didn't know that we were doing a deep dive. We all, into well, our well we all. But okay, so what do you think? I okay. think that everything. I'm gonna just plus one everything you said. Okay, that's that's very boring. But okay, so what's your love it or shade it this week? My love it is to motherfucking Fenty skin, bitch. I just feel like a oh luscious, <laughs> luscious. Um, queen oh, diva in these okay. streets, honey, with the with the with the wash bitch, and then the thick juice. What is it called? Not oh, the, not the thick juice. What's it called? <laughs> the the it's called the fat water. It's called fat water, bitch. And then you put on the little um the moisturizer. I just feel like Rihanna. I put it on there, and I'm like, oh nah nah, and I uh-uh, that's what I be okay. putting. I be what's my name? Oh, like I right. be low key. Singing songs. Okay, Rita Ora. We'll get into that more later. So I just feel like <laughs> Rihanna is really out in these streets trying to change like the game even more than she already has. I mean, she had Fenty Beauty. Now she wants to make sure your your, your skin is flawless. <laughs> and I'm here for it. So okay. if you didn't buy that drop, make sure you buy it when it replenishes. Cause okay. Well, you know, I mean, are I they sold out? Some of it is, oh, or back, or back, back order. Oh, but okay. bitch, I'm. I need to get a refill, and I haven't even stunned. I'm not even near refill status. Oh my gosh! Well, I mean, I, I, I told you. Well, first of all, you're welcome because that purchase was because of me. Oh, second of um, all, and I second also of all, had this email. Second of all, um, mm. I thought that I. I told you that we should get more than just one, but you only wanted to get one because you wanted to see if it was good. Yeah, because I wanted to see if my skin was going to be good with it because, you okay. know, I have sensitive skin, bitch. Well, now that we know, we can re-up on that order because we love the to bang support. Yang. I don't know why that's on my mind. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we love to support black-owned businesses. Mm-hmm. So, yes. And I do believe, I don't know. I've, I, I guess I'd have to do that research. I believe that Fenty is owned primarily well, by Well, I think she Rihanna. owns most of it, yes. Right. But it so, also is LVMH. Right. So. But, I mean, as long as she has a, a majority of it would home. still be black owned. Yeah. All right, so I am co-signing the Fenty skin. Oh, you're welcome because it is great. It mm. is it it gives me a shine, a glisten mm. that it um, makes you glisten. Yeah, I mean, I I expect that that no one will know how old I am. You know, in the coming years, they already don't. But you know, 
So with that, I don't think any of us know. (laughs) We'll move on to unfiltered and unbothered. And um, yeah, the first topic that we are going to discuss is Kamala Harris. So I'm sure, you know, unless you've been under a rock or um, you know, I avoiding know. social media, which is avoiding also, social media. It also that is a be, new cleanse of life. Could girl. be that too, because I've been doing that listen, over the weekend. I, I have been on, bitch. You, I don't have Twitter finger, bitch. I have motherfucker. I will clap back. Yeah, years. you've been doing the opposite of avoiding social media because I'm leaning in. You've been leaning in, leaning into Facebook clap brawls. I'll be clapping back, bitch. Me. Because listen. I, Listen, I try not to judge, though. I love a clapback. <laughs> well, but I mean, I feel like Kamala's been a, a driver of that for a lot of people, where a lot of people have um, felt the need to come to her defense in or or the past to or week to or slander so. her. Uh, yeah, that too, that too, and I think that you know then that creates this need for people who um, see it differently um, and and oh. and see this this historic moment for what it is beyond politics and beyond you know what your personal politics are so to be clear um uh you know and and just kind of to reiterate she was chosen as a, a um oh my god vice president no but it's biden joe yeah. i'm like his name like escaped me totally for like five seconds so she was chosen as joe biden's running mate so she would be considered to be the presumptive nominee for vice president for 2020 yeah um this uh was historic or is historic for the reasons that um i've already mentioned before in my love it or shade it which yes, apparently ma'am. was lengthy this week oh. um and it's interesting because a lot of people and a lot of the reaction um um, and as, and I mean, in my in my opinion, from what I'm seeing, a lot of the reaction from um, people in the black community um, has been mixed to negative. Mm. Um, and I find that concerning. At least on your timeline. Yeah, I find it concerning. Speaking? No, I'm not generally speaking. I'm saying that. Um, well, maybe not most. Did I say most. So mm. a lot. So uh. more than I'd like to see. Of the discussion um, coming from certain black folk, not everybody, because a lot of women, especially a lot of people, a lot of black people, especially black women, um, see this as being this historic moment and this thing that we we need really need to rally behind and coalesce behind this candidate because it's so important. Um, But a lot of people are focusing on her past and focusing Mm -hmm. on the fact that she was a prosecutor Mm -hmm. and her prosecutorial record Mm -hmm. um so what do you think about this because i know i know you have been a champion of hers and on the ground you know i would say like if if those loyal (laughs) listeners know when she announced that she was running for president of the united states i said that she had my vote um and then as the you know the group of individuals of like 67,000 people yes. announced that they were running for president Too many. that the change I had changes in mind. Cause mm. I can, I can change my mind okay. and I changed my mind to, for another candidate. However, when this announcement happened, I, I mean, I kind of felt like it was going to happen just because I felt like it made the most sense out of where we are as a country and what Biden needed. And like knowing that historically black women have like really led and um, been partly the reason um or supported um voting Mm -hmm. for democratic party so i knew like you needed to corral that and so i felt like it was a smart decision to pick up a woman of color and i thought that kamala made the most sense um because of just her experience and also exposure Mm -hmm. because it's quick we're like 80 some days like what not even less than 80 days at this point 
from the election. It's coming so we very can't have quickly. someone that's building a brand. Like they right. need to be an established yeah, no, brand. There definitely needed to be um awareness. And I also think it was strategic for him to choose someone that had already been like vetted. Right. But also like drug for right. specific topics because then those op- topics feel old. Exactly. However, what I want to say is that people are focusing on a part of her career that was like decades ago or mm-hmm. a decade plus ago. And they're not reminding them. They're not doing their due diligence to look at her recent history. And actually, through my research, she actually has been noted to be the most liberal leaning senator. Mm -hmm. Let me look. Most liberal senator. She was the most liberal senator last year based on the legislation that she Mm co-sponsored or had voted for. Right. So. Her that there should show you that, she, and she also only missed four votes, and those four votes last year were due to her campaign mm-hmm. travel. But everything else, every other vote, she was present for. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's probably like, above average for senators. Yes, and she also is a new senator, so keeping yeah. that in mind, she's only been there since 2016. Yeah, they which, said she voted with the caucus 99 percent of the time. Yes, so. I think people need to do their due diligence of looking at her most recent track record, and that will allow you to understand what kind of leader she is today. Also, I want to remind everyone that who you who you are, who you were 10 years ago, is not who you are today. So you should give that same grace to her as a leader, because who she was 10 years ago is not who she is. Yes, granted, when she was the attorney general, she um, people will argue that she didn't do enough to... Um, reduce the amount of people in prison because um, it was overflowing with individuals in California and mm-hmm. they felt like she, was, she wasn't she was doing a good enough job at that. She also had been on the other side of prosecutions for, you know, marijuana charges, um, but also she was a part of the decision-making on making marijuana legal. So there's just a lot of things that people need to, like, really flesh through and that if you were judged on who you were 10 years ago today, you likely would be judged just as harsh as you're judging Kamala. Kamala, I believe she is more than qualified for this job. Definitely. Um, she it, she will do more in this job than the current administration's vice president has done. Um, and I also want to remind everyone that you've had so much, cr- there's been a lot of criticism of her in these recent week since the announcement mm-hmm. and i feel like that same criticism was not met when pence was announced oh no and 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 i'm saying that like from the republican party or right. from the democrat party and there's been so much focus on trump when you have to remind yourself that you're not you don't have you don't have to when you're voting for a president you're also voting for the cabinet so understanding that if you continue the vote of not voting this year because you don't like Kamala because of her 10-year-ago past, then you're also voting for Trump to continue to have these gas state, gas, um, not gas, I was about to say something really shady, continue to have these less than qualified individuals in these very powerful positions like the his current best friend who's running the, the post office. Mm-hmm. So the, the long and the short, I'm here for her. I questioned if I was here for her. I revisited but that's I was healthy here for though her. so like i i think that that's that is the 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 main thing that i believe that is a huge part of this is that i think that you should question things mm-hmm. you should look at things with a critical eye you should look at a candidate with a critical eye um you know but you should also be fair in your criticism i think 
So, mm-hmm. you know, to your point, if you're looking back at her history, you know, as a prosecutor, um, you know, and her history as the AG in California, you know, you need to look at that with, you know, through this lens of objectivity and not necessarily, you know, through a lens of, you know, everything that's going on right now mm-hmm. within the movement, um, you know, because, again, to another point that you made, maybe she has evolved on certain issues. Mm-hmm. Maybe her positions are not the same as they she were literally back just then. Pro- she just produced um, a law or I forget if it was a law or like some sort of government legislation. Legisla- it's like you yeah, propose you legislation. And it was about in the Senate. Uh, it was about police, like about police um, reform mm-hmm. and about um, law enforcement. Like right. she, you, people will claim to her for being like the mega cop or whatever they call her, um, whatever they call her, the big cop or whatever. Well, you know, the interesting, interesting thing about that is that one of the most controversial things that happened um, back in 2004 when she was a prosecutor, um, and I believe it was in San Francisco, um, was that she actually declined to pursue a death penalty against a man who murdered a police officer. His name was Isaac Espinoza. Mm-hmm. And then at the funeral, very famously, Senator Dianne Feinstein, who was also a Democrat, she's one of the Democrats in the establishment who really, she needs to move on. You've been around the block way too many times. Oh, not the block. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're a little long in the tooth. Um, I think that it's time for her to go off oh and do God. something else. Um, but she delivered. Fox News is hiring. She, white woman, delivered a eulogy in which she criticized Harris, who was there at the funeral, prompting a standing ovation from hundreds of officers and attendants. And this actually soured the relationship even more between um, her office at that time and the, the DA's office and the police. Mm. So like this whole thing of this whole idea of like, she's a cop and you know, she only really sought the, you know, or fought for the interest of the police when she was in that office. If you actually dig deeper into her history, you'll find that that isn't necessarily true. Now later she was accused of flip flopping because she had a chance to um, actually support an initiative to have the death penalty mm. Um, like rescinded and banned in in California, mm-hmm. and she decided not to do that, even though she says that personally she doesn't agree with the death penalty. So this is kind of like starting that um, narrative that she's this flip flopper. But again, getting back to my point, is it flip flopping or is it evolution? Mm-hmm. Are people not allowed to evolve on certain issues? I'm also wondering why there's so much criticism on her, sexism, she's the vice and president. racism. Versus Biden. Sexism and racism. And also, <laughs> if anyone wants to see, like, the definition of flip-flop, just look at our current administration. Don't even get me started. Like, Don't one day, the hoax started. of a COVID, and then the next day, it's going away. And then the next listen, day, wear your masks. And listen. then the next day, go back to school. <laughs> and then, you know what? It's not safe. Right. Like, for me, I we don't like, want the disease to be a reason. We don't want the CDC guidelines to be a reason that people don't go back to school. Yeah. What the fuck do you mean? That's their whole so, their whole job is public health. If they say don't go back to school, bitch, don't go back to school. I just think that like I, I find it really difficult to sit and see people dragging her because of her past mm-hmm. um, and then not holding that same regard of criticism to the current administration, at mm-hmm. least not from what I'm seeing. Cause then it, but then what happens is it creates a narrative to people 
that you, you may not realize the damage you're creating by the language you're using. Mm-hmm. So in this case, I feel like she is a black woman and you that she's ultimately being damaged because of so I don't I feel like but but I want no I want to actually um just highlight what you just said because I feel like that's what I'm seeing a lot on social media and it's one of the reasons why I had to take a social media siesta this weekend Ooh, come siesta is because siesta. if you are out here giving more criticism to the Democrats and more specifically to Joe Biden. And More to, Kamala Harris, to Kamala Harris, then you are to the Trump, the current administration that's been in place for more than three and a half years and has done nothing. Actually, I'm sorry, has done nothing good mm-hmm. <laughs> besides for people who have money. Mm-hmm. If you're giving more criticism to that, to the left, than you are to the right right now, that tells me that you're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. Either that or it tells me that you just want to be contrarian and you just want to say, well, don't just vote for Democrats just because they're Democrats. No, I'm voting for Democrats because they're Democrats, but also because the alternative is Trump. Yeah. And if you in these streets and this is how I'm going to say I'm going to wrap this topic up because I feel like we have a lot to talk about, but I want to say what I'm going to (laughs) say. If you're in these streets and you don't like the Republicans and you don't like the Democrats and you think we need change and you don't think that the current administration or the the um you know the party to be people are um who you want to be stop complaining and be the change that you want Mm -hmm. aoc is an example of someone that used to wait tables yes and then she became a fucking politician so if you're in these streets not liking what you see talk about inspiration pull up show up be up and if you if you're in these streets and you have these opinions and you can't back it up with fact then your opinions are your opinions are garbage disposal, and I just turned it on. <laughs> Not garbage disposal. <laughs> it's compost. All right, so I'm sure we'll be talking more um, about this topic in the coming weeks. Uh, you know, as we draw near to the election, but I think that suffice to say that we both are actually excited and galvanized by this particular choice and we will be watching this for you make sure you register to vote please register not only register to vote but with all the fuckery that's going on right now with the post office make sure that you are aware of the rules in your state because Mm -hmm. these rules can vary from state to state make sure that if you are wanting to actually vote by mail that you are asking for your ballot now Mm -hmm. and that you are getting that ballot you don't even have to put it in a mailbox you can put it in an actual drop box which I think most states have if they have Mm -hmm. mail in voting or take it directly to like your your voters registration office Mm -hmm. and and they should be able to accept it so again please arm yourself with knowledge because knowledge is power and know what the rules are so you can make sure that your vote is counted in november Mm -hmm. okay and now moving on to something well someone different someone's (laughs) vote that didn't count it didn't count it oh my god i don't even know bitch the the well apparently the, the um wait I'm waiting what this segue has got me questioning Wendy Houston's vote didn't count about um her biopic Wendy Houston's did it but that's my point her you know the what? estate her sister whatever her name is it's her sister in law get it right bitch, she in these streets collecting coins talk about a demon oh I can't so Wendy Houston she is now getting a formal biopic not the lifetime bitch but she's getting. Not the lifetime version, but she is getting the motherfucking real version yes. in the motherfucking yes. theaters. Yes. Thanksgiving 2022. Hopefully we won't be quarantined in the streets. She's getting that Bohemian then. Rhapsody style. Okay, come biopic. on. They and call now, them jukebox. 
um, movies. Well, Sony's TriStar Pictures has won the hot and heavy auction for I Want to Dance with Somebody. Apparently, there were streaming services in the mix. There were... um, I'm shocked that streaming services wouldn't have won. They have more money. Well, apparently, they didn't. So, (laughs) the studio has already staked out the Thanksgiving 2022, which I mentioned um they base this is basically from what i've gathered in my research like they already have a director stella um mcgee mm-hmm. um she, she did ease raise fo- the photograph mm-hmm. thank you it also will have the estate involved <laughs> the grammy winning producer um clive davis is also on board um whitney it, like there's already a screenplay that's um been written so like they're ready and now it's yes. just gonna move right into casting likely um shortly soon probably they'll begin that and that's my big thing is i feel like this is really exciting my opinion on all of this is the success of this weighs heavy on who they cast as whitney just like i feel like bohemian rhapsody weighed heavy on who they casted on um for yeah um what's his name so i just feel like i'm curious to see wait what's his name as in Freddie Mercury? Yeah, there you or, go. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. So I'm just, I'm curious I'm to, to see you. who they put in place in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully it's not like Jennifer Hudson or somebody. Cause it's not like, going to be Jennifer Hudson. I feel like Hudson. Jennifer Hudson plays everybody. She and, can play Aretha and Whitney. Like, come on. I mean, she played everyone else. This I, bitch no. plays everything. No, I don't she see that. She plays cats. She I plays don't. everything. <laughs> Too. Yeah, so Anthony McCartan is the screenwriter, and that's really important because, you know, as we've been alluding to, he actually penned 2018's Queen um, biopic Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, so, you know, that can kind of, I guess, give you an idea of what this might look like. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, do you think that, um, what are your thoughts, though, on this musical? I mean, this musical on this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, it is a musical. Do you feel like, and from what I gathered, they said that they were going to highlight the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right. And that's what I was going to get to um, is that because, um, you know, this uh, McCartan, Anthony McCartan is involved, um, they're feeling like it will be um, what Clive Davis re- referred to it as, which is where he was saying that it's going to be uh, no holds barred um musically rich um so we'll see because you know he also made allusions to her battling demons um that were to be her undoing which i think that personally that pat was one of those demons that that led to her undoing mm-hmm. and that worked out really well for pat um but i digress um so yeah i'm hoping that we really will get a gritty look but i don't think we will i think we will I don't because when I just getting um, back to Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, there were some complaints related to that with regard to both. Oh, yes. His, I remember this. So his, his him being um, Freddie Mercury, his sexuality, as well as his AIDS diagnosis, which that's yes. a disease that actually ultimately killed him. Killed him. Um, so that's where I'm saying like, OK, you know, what's McCartan going to do with the allegations uh, that she was uh, sexually abused by a family member as a child? What's he going to do with Robin, her, you know, gal pal? It might be the truth. As they used to call her, you know, used to call her back in the day, you know, her lesbian lover, you know, allegedly. And I think we, you know, at this point, we most of us believe it. Um, You know, what are they going to do with the drug use? What are they going to do with this drug den that she had Mm -hmm. with Bobby in Atlanta? 
you know, you know, closer to, you know, the time that she actually passed. I'm hoping that we get to see something that is is grittier, but I'm not I'm not going to hold my breath. I mean, but I feel but like I'm, I'm but I'm still eager for it. No, I wouldn't say grittier. I think grittier makes it seem like you want to see the the bad. All well, bad. I do. No, I, I don't. Just no, I don't just want to see. You want to see bad. an authentic story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That feels like a, a more a warmer way to say it. Okay. Well, no, I stand by gritty, but I I I respect your opinion. Thank you. Go on. <laughs> I just hope they don't also have some bitch singing kids kids bop. It's, um, no, it's of not. The music. That's the whole point of you. Like getting it needs the, to be like you need to. It needs to be her singing. Yeah, that's the whole then, point of you getting the estate involved okay, so good, that you can use the music. Bitch, I don't, don't because mean. when the estate's not involved, that's when you get these crazy kids lifetime bops. movies. I'm just like, girl, why is this a kid bop? <laughs> or version? you get none of the music, which is really crazy when yeah. it's like a, a musical artist. But I, you know, here's the thing about whitney love whitney i always will when when you say iconic i mean this woman her voice you know six grammys 200 million records sold over her career you know back when people were selling records i mean it she is a legend and um even when i say i want to see grittiness that's not to say that like i want anyone to disparage her because i want it all to be true and factual Mm -hmm. but i just want to see you know the bad you know and the good because we've seen the good the good we see all the time you know what i mean i think that the whitney was it called whitney that mm-hmm. the documentary that we watched that was getting more closer to like mm-hmm. some real the estate was involved with that the the real real um so i'm hoping for something like that but just as a scripted movie mm-hmm. yeah so we'll okay, see good i'm here for it 2022 <laughs> you know where i'm gonna be after I eat, after i eat my turkey you know what? The movie theaters. Okay. So <laughs> where we will not be, okay, is either at the polls or voting from home for Kanye West and his bid to be the president in 2021. I don't know where you were going with that, bitch. So Kanye, if you don't know, is running for president. Apparently he was being um, real and honest and truthful about his bid for the presidency. Um, but there have been multiple snags in this little girl campaign. I don't even can we even call this a campaign? No, I feel like this, I don't feel like he's campaigning. This is just an interlude. <laughs> Wait, this is just the what interlude? Okay, would you say interlude? Interlude is that like a loogie that I comes just from feel inside like, your so, body? So I mean, Kanye has some strong followings though. Mickey Mouse, <laughs> um, apparently Bernie, um, Bernie Sanders. Sanders, yeah, Kanye West himself, yes, yeah. So interesting thing about the latest snags in his little bid for for the presidency um, is that he's running into problems in each state where he's trying to get on the ballot um, because there are, are issues or questions about the signatures that are on these petitions mm-hmm. because at this point he has to petition to get onto the ballot because it's late as fuck um and um the latest is uh in wisconsin um 2400 signatures and um a certain (laughs) number of these signatures as we've alluded to mickey mouse bernie sanders kanye west have been called into question so obviously for democrats what they're thinking is that this whole candidacy really is just to siphon votes Mm -hmm. votes from joe biden um, and, you know, most notably, if you're paying attention, he really is fighting to get on the, the ballot in states that are battleground mm-hmm. states, Yep. Um, which kind of makes it um, a little more transparent what what the actual goal is here. Mm-hmm. 
Also, if you don't know, he's already too late to get on the ballot in enough states to even get the 270 mm-hmm. electoral votes that you need to be president. So, it's, mm-hmm. so again, you know, and if you add to that the fact that he has Republican operatives that are helping him. Mm-hmm. And he's met with Jared Kushner. Yes, he's met with good, good um, fucking life-size, um, real-life Pinocchio, Jared mm-hmm. Kushner. Um, that guy, he scares the fuck out. I don't know. Have you seen and like watched him? Yeah, speak? I don't think he used Fenty. Fenty <laughs> he is so scary. He has the beadiest, darkest eyes I've ever seen I feel on like a white he's person. Had a face left. He looks like um, a fucking. Oh my gosh! There's a show you never saw. It It was this vampire show. Guillermo del Toro did it. And it was on FX. Yeah, I didn't see that. Um, he looks like that. He looks like a vampire. I don't know that. But yeah, so they met uh, in the past week. And, you know, people were asking him about that, him being Jared. And Jared's like, oh, we just talked about general, like, you know, political stuff. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Mm. So the interesting thing, though, about these names on the ballot and these signatures, because they do check the signatures for anyone who of doesn't know. Do. Or thinks that they just are like, whatever, fine. You've As got they the should. signatures that you need. Um, they actually checked these things and an attorney apparently for Kanye said that it is the Democrats burden to prove that Mickey Mouse did not sign Mickey Mouse, the ballot, (laughs) Mickey Mouse, what in the whole ass M I C K E Y M O U S E. Where's Minnie? He said, this is just the way it works. What about Donnie? They have to prove that Mickey Mouse did not sign that petition. So, that you know, sounds... this whole thing is very, very fascinating to me because it says something about Kanye West. It says something about the state of our politics. Uh-huh. Kanye West is being used mm-hmm. and it doesn't surprise me because Kanye he, West is in the sunken place. He is in the sunken place and he's 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 this really is just a continuation of the place in which he sunk. He's positioned himself just, um, you know, to be where where he is right now Mm -hmm. which is being used as a pawn you know he fashions himself as being this free thinker as being this contrarian and it's just like when you really peel back the layers it's like you're none of those things Mm -hmm. your mental illness has taken you to a place that has allowed you to be exploited Mm -hmm. and it's like you think you're in control but you're not you think you're in control in your marriage and i would argue that you're not you're not i would argue that you're not at all you know, one of the interesting things that I stumbled upon when I was doing this research was that Kim and Kanye are allegedly working on their relationship. And that tells me all that I need to know Come on. about Kim, about their relationship. When I saw pictures of them getting off of the private jet and uh-huh. I believe Colorado is where they are. Um, Wyoming? No, I think they went to Colorado to work on their marriage to some oh. resort. And she's wearing, you know, all the Yeezys stuff. And it's like, that tells me what I need to know about this. Mm -hmm. And I honestly do think that at this point, and this is my opinion, that she views this marriage as being much more of a business arrangement than anything else. Mm -hmm. And that it's bad for business for them to divorce at this time. So he has made up with, with Chris. Which I'm sure Chris has been in Kim's ear like, no, we the divorce is not what we need right now. Yeah. You know, so I just, again, I think that Kanye thinks that that he's in control he's in a not. lot of different facets in his life. And he just really isn't. Well, I, I hope that he seeks the help that he needs. And, he he and, won't. And I hope that anyone listening in one of these battleground states does not vote for famous or, you know, Jesus walks, bitch. They mm. vote for 
not Kanye. Okay. So next up uh, is Virginia and Iowa. So, you know, he's going to try to get on the ballot in those states. He has some group, Let the People Choose or some shit. I never heard of them. Who's helping him with this? Mm-hmm. I think you have a chance to dig into that group to see, like, yeah, you know, know what the origin of that group is. If it's a, a, a truly... Um, you know, objective group or if they have like leanings t- to the right. They likely, yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to assume, but I kind of I kind of feel the same way you do. Um, but I mean, of all the dumb shit Kanye's done in recent years, this really takes the cake for me. And it takes the cupcake. It takes the motherfucking um, tart, bitch. It takes the motherfucking <laughs> croissant. It, it takes the whole bakery. the whole bakery, bitch. <laughs> Speaking of taking a bakery, Viola Davis just celebrated her 55th birthday. Uh, I believe it was her 55th. Yeah. Um, And she um, posted on her Instagram to celebrate that on August 11th. And she said, the above is the house where I was born. And she said, August 11th, 1965. Today is my 55th year of life. I own it. All of it. This basically turned it into a basically a viral moment. This is a cautionary tale, by the way. People were like, oh my gosh, like, look at her. She bought where she was born Mm -hmm. because the image was from where she was born, which was a um, plantation. Plantation Mm -hmm. in which she was born. And she said, she even said it further um, on the Instagram post, the reply rather, is that she didn't live there long. But when she did, what she did live there, from what she heard, it was not in a really great place to live right um but then the news put it up and uh, the fans were reposting and <laughs> i know i saw like, the headline i said you better go she said you better do that. I, said, I said she better buy the land she bitch. better she better buy back the, the whole kitten fucking caboodle she buy back the block okay come on <laughs> i said she did that but then she said that i do not own the above house <laughs> i own my story yeah too abstract i guess yes so apparently she said in um in an interview she gave to People magazine, she had, had talked more about the plantation that we were just talking about. Her grandfather was a sharecropper and this in 2016. So she gave a really detailed story about this. And this is just an image. And mm-hmm. she's saying she owns her story. Mm-hmm. And that's where her story started. Yeah. She doesn't own the land or the plantation. So I'm wondering if she's going to think about buying it now, though. Because she's like, that's a good idea, good ass idea. And I got money. So, like you said, I feel like this was a cautionary tale. Oh, I'm, it's totally a cautionary tale. Like you can't, like people gonna read into things. I mean, so I don't, I need, I mean, I don't so much feel like it's a cautionary tale for her because you know people can say what they want on on their social media, and I actually don't put the onus on her in this case because for any news outlet or media outlet, even if it's not the yeah. news, if they're gonna print a story like that. If if you're gonna say anything other than this is what she said, mm-hmm. great. This is great. If you're gonna extrapolate and start assuming things, Girl, that's I don't not do interpretive dance exactly. That and inter- interpretive news stories like that's not the way that that should work. I find it interesting that the outlets didn't actually bother to look into it further. Or I mean, it's public record. It's like she. It, that's that's another really. I didn't even think about that. That's a really good point. They could literally have looked up the public records and said, you know, because when you think about it, if she, if someone says they own something they could just be saying it Mm -hmm. and it couldn't be it might not be true Mm -hmm. if you look into the actual records but then i guess their pushback could be oh she just bought it it's not public record yet but but again like my question is for these outlets where it's like you didn't bother to reach out to her or her people i think most of it though was was um before running with the story 
I think, but I know I saw a headline in an actual oh. publication. Oh, come on, publication, like online publication. I won't mention who, um, who it was. I'm about to say who, but who it was. was one, I, who said that? It I was one that? of the industry publications, like a really reputable and big industry publication that basically said yes, this happened. And probably you're probably right. Um, but yeah, I mean, like that's just to me, it's a cautionary tale, especially in 2020 when. News outlets and media outlets should be doing their due diligence mm-hmm. right now. You should not be making assumptions Facts. and using your assumption to formulate a story or a fucking headline. No, man. So, you know, again, I think it, you know, the, the, t- the caution here is, you know, it's really important to make sure that you are digging deep and, and corroborating these stories um, in this social media age, because, okay. you know, it, it doesn't make sense to not do that. Because what? now it's like, uh, boo. That's boo, not boo. what she's like. That's not what I said. She said, "Listen, <laughs> I said what I said." Not and it and it wasn't that. But she, I know she was I, saying, "Who said that? Who I said, said that? that? Who said that? I, I didn't say that. Who said that?" <laughs> All right. Well, so we did say we're gonna take a little break yes, though, right now, because <laughs> I need to run to get a refill of this drink. You don't need any more to drink. <laughs> but we'll right. be back. We'll be right back. <laughs> Music can be healing. So here at He Said, He Said, we've decided to create some intimate playlists to get you through the week. We have playlists like our Top 40, which is everything on the charts that we love. Pure Pop Perfection, which is Ray's favorite. Enough, which is our protest playlist to get you through what's happening to also inspire you for change. Shuffle and Repeat, 90s and 2000s Hip Hop and R&B. And The Gospel Truth, which is perfect to listen to when you're making your Sunday brunch. So be sure to follow each playlist, listen, and share to all of your friends who love music. Oh, girl, that was cute. Did you get your drink? Oh, no. you, you got your drink of water. Mm-hmm. Look at you being so um, responsible. I'm responsible, <laughs> unlike our next story. <laughs> so actually, mm-hmm. audience, I'm going to break the, the, the fourth wall or whatever, however you say that shit. We are on a program right now for like weight loss. Uh-huh. So we're like literally having to log all of our food, which then also means because it's calories, we have to log all of our drinks. So we're drinking a little bit less than we normally this do. This, uh, I mean, for the rest Bitch, of the year. I know what I'm going to do. I'm trying to get to my goal weight. I don't know about you. Listen, I may not eat anything all day just to be able to drink on the episode. Okay. <laughs> yes, we've taken a bit of a pause from Hit Lab. I'm sure we'll get back to it. But, you know, with everything that's going on, we haven't been doing it. Yes. So Come we're doing something. Wall. We're doing something different. But I'm sorry. So I <sighs> will go back to our regularly scheduled program yes. um, and tell you about a little story about this white girl who apparently people thought was not white for some reason. And the girl that I'm talking about is actually a woman and her name is Rita Ora. Mm-hmm. So for anyone who doesn't know, Rita Ora is um, a the woman re- that's known for nothing, but seen in everything. <laughs> she's a recording artist. Um, if anything, I think she's kind of known more for being, I guess, like a socialite. She also was in Fifty Shades of Grey. She's always on like red carpets and known you know, for nothing but seen in everything. She's got a she's got a style. I don't know how you feel about her her style. And- known for nothing, <laughs> seen in everything. And you know she's had songs. We've talked about her before. Known for nothing. Okay, so we we've disagreed about this before, where she actually has some songs with with hundreds of millions of streams. So that doesn't mean she's known for. So I mean, somebody's listening. Um, yeah, playlists. Yeah, and, that, and that's a big part of it too. Um, but yeah, so Rita Ora no has actually this music. <laughs> she's found herself um, 
in the midst of a controversy. Mm-hmm. And this controversy is really kind of bizarre. Um, but apparently, again, people thought that Rita Ora, and I would say I was, I didn't think that she was white. I didn't think that she was black, which apparently a lot of people thought she had black heritage, which I don't know where they were getting that from. Because she had her baby hairs laid down. She was wearing women. She was wearing her hair in an afro. She was wearing her hair in micro braids. She was wearing her hair in box braids. She was wearing, like, she was. Yeah, but when I see Rita Ora, I do not see a woman who has they were black saying, heritage. Like, mixed race yeah black right that's what i'm saying black heritage so i don't see that but that's fine this is just you know me personally um so someone apparently tweeted finding out rita ora isn't black at all and both of her parents are white albanians is so trippy um and they follow that up with this girl's been all caps black fishing Mm -hmm. so for anyone who doesn't know black fishing refers to when a person emulates blackness on social media um and you know in this case uh i'm not so sure that it's an incident of black fishing although i do agree that you know just kind of with the way that she tans herself well i mean which i don't feel like she she over tans herself but just she she again she does not look black to me and i never thought that she had black heritage to be perfectly honest i thought that she may have been latinx um, but apparently she's a whole well, European. Well, in 2016, <laughs> Wendy Williams was interviewing Rita Orr, and mm-hmm. Wendy said, I thought you were like half black and half white or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Rita said, everyone usually does. I might as well be, but no, I'm Albanian. Mm-hmm. So she, at that point, she said, I might as well be. What does that mean? What she means is that that's what people think. I might as well that's be. That's what I think. I think. When I hear that, it's like, I might as well be means that it just doesn't. It, I don't get what you're getting. I'm getting yeah. like that's fine. I might as well be, bitch. I, I'm a, no, I'm a I don't. I don't take it that way. I take but it. But apparently, mean like, the UK, I think that I think that she probably was getting that a lot. Well, the UK, mm-hmm. they came in and let have. They okay. said that this UK, this British writer Camilla, she said that Aura was absolutely selling herself as black in the UK <laughs> for years. Okay. Another critic. Where are the receipts? Oh, she had links, bitch. Another <laughs> critic, Kate Young, said that was. Are you going to provide any of those receipts? You can go, just Google <laughs> these are these people. It's Camilla okay. Blackett. I'll have to look into it And after. Kate Young. Okay. Well, Kate Young said that Rita Ora was out in these UK streets doing Rihanna cosplay <laughs> for years. That I believe. She said, and then also people started accusing Rock Nation for marketing her as racially right. ambiguous yeah. or even Rihanna 2.0, mm-hmm. which at one point I felt like that definitely was the message oh, for sure. they were going. When they, and they were fine with it. When both Rihanna and her were blonde and like the styles were kind of like intermatched and intertwined. And I think like people that were on Rihanna's team, like the styling team were also doing her because it, it just, it just, yeah. The long and the short of it, it all became a little confusing is that Rita Ora... <laughs> she's not black and Mm -hmm. the controversy of it is because she's been she's been essentially she hasn't been forthright or she hasn't been like it hasn't been the topic of her artistry because no one really knows she's an artist Um, there's that but also that like she hasn't it hasn't been a part of her story because she hasn't had a chance to tell her story so much so that it's getting the tension but then she walks around with like black culture being a big part of her image that you know she is getting tanned and she is getting her hair done 
in historically black um, styles. And so there, there is this fine line between appropriation and, and appreciation. And I feel like, you know, if I were to look at another white artist that has done sus decisions around black hair choices, Christina Aguilera. Christina Aguilera had braids. Christina mm-hmm. Aguilera had an afro. Christina mm-hmm. Aguilera had, you know, her baby hairs laid down. But the difference between Rita Ora and, and Christina Aguilera is Christina Aguilera has had me- mega success that has given her opportunities to tell her story where Rita Ora has 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 not. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so what are you saying there? Are you do you give credence to the criticism that she's blackfishing or no? Or you don't? I feel like she, I feel like she has really double tapped into a culture that um that has been popular Uh so she is trying to be known for like that image okay however she's not that and i don't think that she's i don't think she's done a good enough job at saying it that she's not okay so what you're saying is that she she hasn't seized the opportunity to tell her story and, or she hasn't been forthright and been honest about who she is. This bitch has been getting spreads in uh-huh. all the magazines. So, I mean, I had seen an interview with her. She was on, uh, what is it, Ke- Kelly and whoever the fuck at this point? Uh-huh. Ryan. Right? Kelly and Ryan? I don't know, bitch. Kelly and some that other man. That fucking morning show. Um, don't do that. Some man. Um, so, and she had even, she talked about her mother. She talked about being Albanian. So, like, I don't, I, I, I can hear you when you say, like, She's not like, hey, I'm Albanian, like at the beginning of every interview. Oh, I'm Rita Ora and I'm Albanian, um, which I don't really necessarily think that she has to do that. And what I would say is that I don't think that she's blackfishing, just knowing, you know, and from my interpretation of what blackfishing means, I think that that is kind of a step too far in what we're talking about here. I don't think she's blackfishing, but I also don't think that she, I think that she's, she is doubling down she's appropriating she's not okay so i would agree that she is a cultural appropriator um you know just based on you know this kind of swag that she had especially when she first came out Mm -hmm. um you know to your point this whole idea of her being so um closely um associated with rihanna um i think and to your point i think that that was by design and that this was something that they were pushing a narrative that was being pushed by her handlers because they wanted her to have that same kind of success mm-hmm. um and you know i've seen the pictures of her hair and you know really i think the hair is is mostly what it is is like yeah. these different black hairstyles that she's worn and i mean you made a really good point when you said that there's a fine line between appropriation and appreciation it's one of those things that you kind of know when you see it mm-hmm. um and i think that that's where we are with her where you know she definitely um you know has had moments where she has not read as being quote unquote white mm-hmm. um you know because of you know just her image i mean listen her Albanian sisters, the Kardashians, are quite equally. <laughs> they are as Armenian. <laughs> Albi- I'm sorry. Wrong A. They're from the same area of the world. Do you know that for a fact? Or are you I'm, just assuming? I'm not. I'm not a job. Jo- I'm not. <laughs> yeah, so, so let's a not global say that. analysis yeah. woman. Oh, you're not a what? I don't know, bitch. But I just what I do know is that there her sister from the Nana Block. Her her at one one time could have been her sister in law Kim Kardashian, Chloe mm. Kardashian, well, and all true. the others. 
Um, <laughs> she may have just built that model after that. I mean, yeah, and I mean, and that's the thing. Like cultural appropriation is de rigueur, okay? In Ooh. in popular culture, because de black rigueur. because black culture, you know, really is popular culture. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm surprised that people were surprised that she's not it's at least part no one black. Knows who she is? But then it's just like, well, They're that's still discovering. Yeah, but my thing is, you made that assumption, so you're mad because of, of an assumption that you made. They still discovering this hoe. This bitch is still on Star Search. <laughs> you know what? She ain't get her five stars yet. <laughs> I mean, I just, I think that that is definitely a bridge too far personally. Mm, well, I'm bridged over top of water. But, bitch. you know, it doesn't surprise me that they're all into this over there overseas where she's from because, you know, she is British. Listen, but... bridge, bridge over top of water. Yeah, speaking of a bridge over top of water. Ooh, what's the next story? Oh, Lauren Hill, story? bitch. Ooh, the ooh, nah, nah, nah. Too busy well, on your phone. Sorry, we had a little alert on the Facebook. Yeah, I mean, okay. on Instagram, and I wanted to make sure I comment because uh, you know what? We okay. are in these streets, and we are definitely. I'm still on my break, my hiatus from social. Well, but go Lauren, on, Lauren Hill, Lauren Hill, Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill. is also on her break of hiatus of social media, and she went on her Facebook page and decided to address. She has a Facebook page. Yes, Miss Lauren. Sidebar: Hill. Do you know that Beyonce just posted to her Facebook page? I didn't know recently. That. I didn't even know she was on Facebook. She did. She did. Well, Lauren Hill's daughter was um had was most recently um in a live chat. Mm-hmm. Lauren Hill's daughter is twenty one, and she um came out and Sila, un- Sila, and yeah. she described the trauma she felt with her upbringing, the belt beatings at the hands of her angry mother, which she lists she likened to the slaves. Oh shit. So in the first video, her da- Lauren Hill's daughter released a two-hour-long video extreme. in which she detailed that her mother was a very angry throughout her childhood. She recalled moments where Lauren Hill would hit her with a belt, and then she reacted to the moment that she would hold her hands together in the air as she beat us. Like she, basically, she's recounting very, very graphic things. Um, she also spoke about her father and the absence of her Rohan, um, and she claims that he. Um, they were always arguing when he was around mm-hmm. and Rohan actually immediately issued apology um, because obviously she was mentioned. Mm-hmm. Well, Lauren Hill decided to go on her Facebook as I mentioned, because apparently that's her way of communicating. And she um, decided to release a six page letter of such. I will just highlight a few things and then I would love to hear your thoughts, Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, she said that um, her daughter has every right to express herself. She encourages it. But she also got the dis- but she also got the discipline that black children get because we are held to a different standard. The discipline that was seen through the lens of a young child who had no place to re- reconcile me as a mother and me as a larger than life public figure. It took me a while to realize that my child and probably everyone who knew me saw me in this duality. So basically, Lauren Hill is now blaming fame for her beating her child. There's that. Um, that's how I read that. Um, maybe you read differently. She went on to say that she feels guilty for any disciplining that she did. However, um, she, it was just a part of her parenting that she knew. She said she was affected by her family. Um, her, this, this news affected her and her family. Um, they're on this journey of healing and each of her, each of her children has a similar story. <laughs> each of her children have a similar story. So there's that. Um, and that basically she's saying that r- people are quick to rush to cu- crucify someone that careful, careful who you string up or nail up. You might have an extreme limited view of their actual reality. Um, we all hate abuse and exploitation. Sometimes in an effort to fight against it, it is easily become the abuser. So 
essentially, Lauren is taking a little bit of accountability, <laughs> um, but also blamed fame mm-hmm. um, um, for this, which, you know, could be partially true uh, because Lauren has had a history with fame being, you know, a big part of her story and um, specifically negatively part of her, negative part of her story. But what are your thoughts on this, Ray? I don't, I actually am having trouble reconciling this. That's part of her statement. The discipline was seen through the lens of a young child who also had no place to reconcile me as mom and me as a larger than life public figure. And then also that she said she'd be her child through the lens of a black of uh, because black kids are held to a different standard. It took her a while to realize her children and others saw her in this duality. I just hope Lauren's getting help. I mean, I'm just like, but what do you mean? Like, you know, Lauren has always been a wordsmith bitch. Like, she will use words. No, for sure. Like, her lyrics are, you know, that that shows you right there. She's definitely a wordsmith. But what her being a public figure has to do with her beating her children. I just, I really just don't understand that still, even like, after I feel like it, it a few just, times. I, I feel like it was, it was an excuse yeah, for yeah. her behavior. And I feel like I, I'm going to be honest. I believe her daughter. And if I am guilty of anything, I mean, any, I, any sentence that is supposed to am, be ta- a, a, an assessment of or taking of accountability that starts with, if I am guilty of anything, I'm already giving you a side eye because yeah, that makes me question if you're actually taking accountability or if you are trying to come up with an excuse for something that you did that now you see. Because when you say wrong. if I'm guilty of, that means that you don't think you are, but you're acknowledging that the other person may. Right, kind of no. It's like maybe someone said something, said you were guilty of something, and while you don't necessarily believe they're guilty of the thing they're accusing you of, you see that you had a fault in a different area. Mm. That's the way that I okay, read that. So I'm just kind of like, you know, this idea that she was disciplining in anger and not in disciplining, which I mean, I feel like a lot of disciplining actually is done. Especially it when is. you talk about corporal punishment, it usually yeah. is done in anger because why are you taking it to a level where you are actually physically mm-hmm. engaging with your child or, who, you know, your dog mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever, you know, whoever you are disciplining. So, I mean, I've, I don't really know where I sit, where I, where I am I ideologically on the idea of corporal punishment because I was brought up in a, in a home where I, you know, was punished in that manner but were you but i never felt abused yeah so i feel like if someone is saying that they and it sounds to me i'm just interpreting what sila said as she feels like she was actually physically abused Mm -hmm. by her mother um you know because her mother was so angry and because her father was absent so if i'm looking at that i'm saying to myself well she should have done what or i would have done what rohan did which was apologize yeah because all this other stuff, all these words, it's and up, people can read in between them, like we're doing yeah. right now. So that right. like we're creating a narrative, which may not be your intent, because it was too, yeah. there was too much um, floral language. And or, what have we been talking about? We've been talking about you know focusing less on your intent and focusing more on mm-hmm. your um, actual impact. Mm-hmm. So if she were actually to step back and really focus on her impact. I think her that a lot of the, daughter. yeah, a lot of the flowery words then would have just been askewed for an actual apology because it's like, even though maybe 
all these things that she's saying, even if they're true, if all those things were going on, she still can acknowledge that the way that she impacted her daughter was seriously negative mm-hmm. to a point where her daughter seems to feel like Is she had been abused. And she's going public with this uh-huh. information, which gives me you know, an idea of the level of trauma that she feels mm-hmm. like she's endured at the hands of her mother. So that's my problem with this. My problem with this is that she should have led and even ended with an apology and saved all the rest of this for, you know, her diary. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, nobody, nobody really, I don't, I won't say nobody, but I don't really care about all the rest of this. Like, how do you actually feel about the fact that you your traumatized daughter. your own kid? Mm-hmm. Because I, I don't know from all the words that, that, that I'm reading here how she actually feels about that. It was a six page letter, <laughs> six page letter with no substance. Like girl, please. Sometimes it's just, I'm sorry. Indeed. So, you know, hopefully, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I hopefully if they haven't already worked it out, they'll be able to work it out. Um, you know, again, we'll just personally, if we were to have kids, which we're not, if we were to have kids, These I really, are shut down. I don't know. You know what? I don't know where I really would fit on that. I think I probably will lean towards not, not corporal, you know, not in, inflicting corporal punishment on my children. Agree. Um, so, you know, that's just my two cents. So, that's speaking two panties, bitch. of two cents, um, you may, <laughs> you may have heard that you know Ellen, um, you she's know, been has all over the news the last couple. Yeah, months. she has. She's come out. You know, she's, you know, said some things about all these allegations with her show and and the showrunners and. Um, you know, all the things that have been happening behind the scenes, you know, discrimination, alleged mm-hmm. discrimination, microaggressions, racism, a, at least one or two, I think, even sexual impropriety mm-hmm. um, against a man where it was a man who uh, allegedly um, high ranking in the show who was actually engaging in inappropriate behavior with other men um, who were working for the show. Um, you know, Ellen coming out and saying, you know, that even though she, even though she none of these allegations at that time had been logged logged um, or lodged toward her or her rather you know that because she's a showrunner she takes um you know a certain amount of accountability for it and then other people including celebrities coming out and putting their two cents in and saying that they know that she's horrible to people who are under her (laughs) so i mean all of this is going on and now the latest in the saga with ellen degeneres is that um her home was apparently burgled burgled <laughs> so <Damn> burglar <laughs> a burglary and i hate to laugh because that's not cool but a burglary that took place um at her 27 million dollar home in montecito california was apparently an inside job and this is according to i believe authorities um so police at the time said only the home was burglarized on july 4th due to its celebrity status um, but apparently I mean, her neighbors are like Ariana Grande, Oprah. Like yeah. she has like I big mean, neighbors. Well, of course, $27 million. You know, there's only a certain, you know, number of people who can afford real estate Listen. in that type of a neighborhood. Um, but a newsletter from the Montecito Association sent to residents in August quoted the local sheriff as saying that the, cl- the crime was an inside job. And this is according to like, the sun. The sun, mean- the sun is a tabloid. So take it for what it's worth. Um, but considering the fact that they are actually acknowledging a letter that went out, there's probably some truth Yo. to this. 
Um, and as a result, the neighborhood association told residents not to worry about more robberies taking place. Mm-mm. So, you know, this is just another in what's the Caucasian, what's been a string of unfortunate, um, involvement. She's good and though. Entanglement, if you will, good. for Ellen. She said Ellen's good given all the things that have gone on. She's in a good space. Well, that's good. I'm glad she is. I mean, with all her money, she should be in a good, mm-hmm. good space. Did they say what was stolen? I, I think I read that it was because I didn't see that um, some jewelry, okay, expensive jewelry and watches, okay, inside job. I mean, like who? That's what I was running. So like. the investigation is ongoing by uh, the Santa Barbara County Sheriff's Office, and you know we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, I have to say that I don't. With all the issues that Ellen's going through, I don't wish her any ill will. Absolutely not. You know, it's just a, again a series of unfortunate events for her. Hopefully, she and her staff. Hopefully, first of all, she's gonna house clean, do some house cleaning. Okay. So uh, there's some to know who's in the inside. Yeah, there are several people who probably need to lose their jobs within her several. organization, um, at least. Um, and then hopefully she's just learned kind of a lesson about, you know, how you treat people because it's just really interesting for her to have this public facing image mm-hmm. of be kind to people and then for her not to be kind to people on the back end and then for her people or, not to be kind yeah. to people. Um, because again, you know, even though she wasn't accused of any like improper like sexual behavior or any racism, her brand is, it was just for, you know, personally and what other celebrities were saying about her is that she just isn't nice and she's not nice to her underlings. So she's not mm. nice to people who work for her. Um, Kevin Hart met with her recently. Girl, they were photographed this. together. This and you know, what's been the most interesting part of that story. And I kind of wanted to talk to you about this when I was doing my research, it kind of just, um, you know, set off this, this process of thoughts in my head on, where it's like, it's thoughts. always interesting to me when someone especially someone who's really famous like Ellen is accused of something. And then other famous people come out to their defense and say that they're not like that, or that wasn't my experience with them. And it's just kind of like, well, but of course it wouldn't be your experience with them. I mean, if you think about what the, um, you know, what is being alleged well, I mean, some with celebrities her, have come out and said that it is their experience. Right. But it's like, what is really, she's being alleged of is more of, again, her not being kind to people who work for her. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that a Kevin Hart is going to have the same experience with Ellen that yeah. a PA is going to have who works They're on her not. show is really kind of unrealistic. And I think that that even can, you know, be, um, you know, pulled out and applied to everyday life and people where it's like, you know, um, we all had a we, we had a conversation. We were in our in our friend group, and you know, I mentioned someone, and you know, I don't like this person because of my experience with them. And then another person says, "Oh, well, it's because of this." And it's like, you know, it's just a, a I think a really good reminder that at, people are not the same to everyone that they interact with. And it's like, you know, I'm not gonna discount you know Susie's um, interaction with Joel. You know, just because I have this great relationship with Joel. Joel may have been a real dick to Susie. You know what I mean? And I think that that's the thing that we need to keep in mind when, you know, even people we know or celebrities are accused of being different than than how we perceive them. I think there is just to be a lesson that you should be nice to people. I agree. No, you should. You totally should. You You should be be nice to people and you should understand that. It's also easier to be nice. It is, but you know, I digress. 
All right, so that, my friends, is unfiltered and unbothered. the segment, and we move on to shuffle and repeat. repeat. Music is the people come together. Okay, sure. I like those new lyrics. Okay. Um, So the first um, artist that we are highlighting this week is a pod favorite, Tori Kelly. Um, you know, Tori is definitely one of my all-time faves on she our... She ranked in your top 10. Yes, our, what was it, Underrated, Overdelivered, mm-hmm. which was a special episode we did way back when, where we kind of just broke down our favorite female vocalists of all time. Mm-hmm. She, I believe she was in my top 10. I don't have my top 10 in front of me. Um, but she's amazing. And I was really excited to hear that she was making new music, and she's been making, apparently, a lot of music during the quarantine. You know how some people rage bake? I guess she raged music makes oh (laughs) so she's just been making music apparently and um you know her last album even though it was solid in my opinion i put it in a a solid category the true true life story yeah it wasn't my favorite of albums that were released last year within the broader landscape of music that that was put out last year so she has this new ep it's called solitude um, I, I really enjoy it. My fave tracks are Value, uh, Glad, and then the real star of the show, in my opinion, is Unbothered, which is a track that really, in my opinion, again, should be the blueprint for an entire album from her. I would love to hear an album like this, you know, with this, again, as being kind of like the archetype. Um, it's sassy. It's rhythmic. It's a little poppy as well. Um, and I love it. And I would have to say that for me, this EP is on repeat, despite the fact that she covers a Drake song, which I'm not even going to bother to mention, which you might. Oh, well, this was a surprise and delight that she even announced a project. Yes. I know she had been she had been doing a lot of um, recording because when back when we were like hardcore on lockdown, she was doing these lives every day at yes, noon I remember that. where she would like sing like mashups and covers and quarantine um, is what she yeah, called it. And um then she stopped them um, like maybe 10 weeks in and she said she was going to start recording, which is likely when she started doing this. Mm-hmm. So um, Solitude, it's a five track EP. Um, so I feel like overall there's four, you know, mid tempo originals and this one Drake song. Um, she recorded all of them in her house um, and then she would send them over to other writers and producers uh, to collaborate on like the production um, she, you know, overall, I feel like it, it's a pretty solid EP. Um, you know, this is another project that I think, um, when we talk more about, um, the rest of the music, this is a project that I listened to from beginning to end, even the Drake song. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is time flies from, um, Drake that she did acoustic version. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that also just sidebar Wednesday, she's doing a live performance, um, with Melody VR as a part of the platform's live from LA series. Jojo also did it. So it'll be interesting to watch. You can watch that on YouTube um, or if you download the Melody VR, you can watch it there. It comes on at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay, come I'm on. Excited. Promo. I'm going to watch that. I mean, do um, we have a some type, some type of promo deal going yeah, girl. on? <laughs> and overall, I no, feel like the watch, project is watch. bomb. Um, yeah. Two songs I like value definitely opens the i like the value for sure the lyrical content feels content feels good unbothered is also another like um 
Star Trek. I feel like this is also, this is also the single. She just recently performed it on Late Night. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm here for it. I feel like if you like Tori Kelly or if you are looking for a new body of work to uh, discover Tori Kelly, this is a great project to listen to. Oh, so we agree. So it's on repeat for you, too. Yeah, it is. Nice. Yeah. What's next? Ciara. She <laughs> she gave birth to a child and also to a new song. Yes. Well, she so, gave... No, not in that order. The other order. Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, Rooted came out and it actually is produced by Stargate. I saw that. I was surprised. Yeah, I was like, okay. And also co-producer Hudson. That's who, money. Um, works a, has worked historically with Kanye a lot. So Stargate she, ain't giving tracks for free. And she's independent. So yeah. she's passing she's money, got money somewhere. So Ciara actually. And her man's this, got money too. On this out, this song, um, which is her second song that she's released since la- end of last year. That is like black culture focus. Remember Melanin was her first. I remember, but I'd like to forget. And Okay. Well, um, this one is really about her support for Black Lives Matter. The video, Mm -hmm. actually, she... uh, And it's featuring Esther Dean, which I found also to be um, a great little surprise because Esther Dean, she's very... You've heard Esther Dean songs. No, for sure. Like, a lot. Um, Esther Dean was also on that Melanin song, too. And I feel like it's really good to see her featured because I feel like she doesn't get the the features that she should um, because she's, again, really really talented yes um, she was in the uh, acapella movies for anyone yes. who's wondering she was a black girl in she that. also is on that or black woman song land the show on yes. nbc yes. so young girl stay rooted i done plant my seeds now i'm rooted brown skin girl popping i'm rooted atl bread i'm rooted and this is something that rihanna i mean that um sierra is in these streets um singing while nine months pregnant and she was dutty winding apparently she said that she was recording um, the content for the video that dropped the same day the song put, dropped. She was doing two-minute um, recordings mm-hmm. because she was having contractions. Oh, my gosh. And she gave In birth. In the video? Yeah. She oh gave birth, gosh. and she was doing final edits that's of the, the track that is while the she was in the hospital. I mean, that's admirable. So, the song I overall, guess. I think it has a really good message. I like that, um, you know, this whole celebratory of black culture that Sierra's on. I also just feel like the song it's cute um and the video was really cute uh and celebratory of what's happening right now like yeah in a really positive way even though what's going on right now is not positive mm-hmm. um but i would say that um it's on shuffle wait <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa wait that plot twist i'm confused you said all of that i like it but... and now it's on shuffle yeah because i just feel like i I don't know. Like, I, it's, I I need a body of work from Sierra. I feel like these one tracks. I have a hard time with. She's. I have a hard time. Actually, maybe it's not on shuffle. That's no, a no. no harsh. I'm not trying to get you to that change. Is, that is true, though. It's I'm a not little trying harsh. to get you to change it's your on, position. It's on repeat until I have a full defined. I'm sorry. Decision. It's just that took me off guard because it was very. It, it was all positive, and then you were like, and it's on shuffle. <laughs> like for me, I just. It's one of those songs that I would listen to, but I'm okay. not going to seek. And like I need to listen to that song. It needs to be on, it needs to be on a playlist. That's fair. That's fair. So um, I'm very into the lyrical content here. Um, you know the name dropping of you know Harriet as in Tubman, Rosa as in Parks, and Luther as I think in Martin Luther King yes. Jr. Not which I'm like, Luther Van why Rose, would you no. pull Luther out of that? But that's fine. I didn't write it. 
you know, it, it's it's fine. Um, but I I think that there's definitely a grower and not a shower for me. Oh, maybe okay. that's a good way to describe. Yeah, it. it's it's definitely uh you know a grower more than a shower. Um, because the more I listen to it, the more I like it. Um, and I think that I like the idea of it, or I initially liked the idea of it more than what it actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that in in subsequent listens that it's getting maybe closer to what I wanted it to be just because again, you know, the more I listen to it, it's like, Oh, this is pretty catchy. And I actually do like the track. Um, you know, the video was cute. You know, like you said, winding, um, twerking while, you know, 10 and a half months pregnant. I mean, you know, if you can do it, you can do it. If you can do it, then do it. I can barely do it one minute after I have dinner. (laughs) And then, I mean, to hear you say that she was like working on the the edits Mm. in the hospital, I'm like, I mean, just because she wanted to, like, I mean, I guess she had a timeline. I guess, like, uh, but I mean, why does that matter if you then gave birth? But I mean, whatever. I I would say that it's on repeat. And like you, it's not like an emphatic on repeat, but it's like a almost like a I want to like this more than I do, so I want to put it on repeat. We'll put on a playlist the, and we'll in the hopes, and we'll yeah, in the hopes that it will become something that that I love. All right, so moving on to something that I love, mm-hmm. okay, and um, uh, you know, full disclosure, this is a white man who was making Ooh. black music. Okay, and I mean, I'm just gonna call it what it is. Um, but it's black music through his very um singular and unique lens. Well, so it's this? Jacob Collier. We've talked about him, we've talked about him, we've reviewed some of the songs that have come out because every song that has come out or that had come out before the release of the album had very high profile, um, like black music artists or- included or. Um, like Tori S- Kelly or JoJo. <laughs> Although you know, we know Tori Kelly is not white. We we were checked on that very uh, like over a year ago. Where yes. a listener was like, she isn't white, and we were like, oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, so it's D Jesse Volume Three. Um, and when I tell you that for me personally, this is this album is a revelation. Um, you know, and again, his sound is really different it is. in a way. Very artistic, it's, very salon. Yes, it is. It's very. It's it's an artistic uh, interpretation, right? Exactly, genre. exactly. And it's like you know, uh, to your point and the point that we made earlier, there can be a fine line between appreciation and appropriation. But when you hear appreciation or you see appreciation, I feel like, um, especially as a black person. Um, you know it when you see it where it's like mm-hmm. that person appreciates the culture and they're not trying to steal from it. And that's what I get from Jacob, Jacob Collier. Um, so we have this blue eyed soul singer and, you know, I can would consider him also to be a music impresario because he plays a lot of instruments and mm-hmm. he like harmonizes and duets with himself. Yeah, he was on it's this Tiny whole Desk thing. And yeah, we talked that. about that um, when we reviewed his most recent song that, that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's it's this appreciation of black musical influences that he turns into what I think is really compelling art. Um, so it's blue eyed soul, but it's run through this interesting kind of like futuristic filter. Mm -hmm. Um, and let's talk about the collaborators, Jesse Reyes, Daniel Caesar, Tank and the Bangas, Tori Kelly, Mahalia, Rhapsody. 
So again, you know, the, we're talking about high quality collaborations mm-hmm. that are happening here. And there's only 12 songs. And most of these people are in a black music space. Mm-hmm. Um, fave tracks for me. In My Bones featuring Kimbra and Tank and the Bangas mm-hmm. is Get a out. really cool nod to Prince. It sounds like Prince era funk music. Mm-hmm. Um, Time Alone With You, which we've talked about before, featuring Daniel Caesar, is a trippy jazz inflected um, futuristic bop for me. I really like that song. Um, All I Need featuring Ty Dolla Sign and Mahalia is funky, um, but it's funky in a way that kind of makes me want to clean the house. So I don't know about you oh. all out there, but I've had some really... Um, impactful experiences with music while doing other things like cleaning where it's like, Oh yeah. And you get into it and you're dancing and you're singing along, oh, but that's you're why also the cleaning. Takes six hours. You know what? Mind your business. <laughs> and then of course, um, running out of love featuring Tori Kelly, which is in my mind, kind of like a Neo soul dream. So I, again, I say all this to say, this is clearly and obviously on repeat for me. Apparently. I'll be listening to this. I hope he gets, uh, cause he's already been nominated for Grammys he's before. He's won two Grammys. Oh yeah. We talked about that. He's won in the jazz category. Yes. Well, no, I want to see him win in some other categories. Cause this is not, this isn't jazz to me. I don't, this I album. I don't know about his other albums, but this one's not jazz. Uh, I would say that overall he is someone, he's hella young too. Yeah. He looks um, like a child. And he's from the UK. Yes. Um, you shot in in my bones is definitely a good one. Um, the other song that Rhapsody is on, he won't hold you. Um, I like then Jesse Reyes, the count the people. I found that to be an interesting collaboration. It's so interesting because I would have never. I also didn't know who as, she was. <laughs> I would have never assigned them as you know duetting. Um, I did just, not pick up her voice. They have. I heard her voice until like after I read it, and I was like, oh, that is her. So I would say this is a body of work that there's two other volumes. So and volume one and volume two. Um, I'm sorry. Volume one was nominated for a Grammy and um, and won one of the songs. Um, and and he really does appreciate black music. And he um, Quincy Jones, Quincy Jones actually has um, co-signed him mm-hmm. as being really extremely talented. And he was supposed to go on tour and this one man show where it would just be him and a bunch of instruments before COVID. So I'm sure this will, it will happen. And I'm looking for that. I'm there with all the white people. Oh, it's fine. This is news. (laughs) So I'm intrigued by it. I feel like this should definitely, it's on repeat for me because it's definitely a body of work that requires some time to listen because there is a lot to unpack. So next is Dua Lipa. She announced oh, that she was doing a Let's not spend too much remix time on album this. on and <laughs> Levitating was the first song with um, Madonna and Missy Elliott. Um, I <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. Okay, but what but what do you think? I think that having a remix album is refreshing in the age of 2020. Yeah, you said that to me. Um, mm-hmm. I also feel like sh- she will be nominated in big categories for Grammys. This was one of the best pop albums that were released during this time frame. Um, uh, this song feels very Madonna with this new remix. I agree. Um, to a point where I was like, is that Madonna or Dua Lipa? Mm-hmm. Uh, Missy Elliott added, I didn't mind her in it, but I also think that the way they remixed the, the track, I wasn't a hundred percent in love because the original I really loved. So this is on shuffle. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to like this. I was rooting 
for for them. We all were rooting for them. Um, uh, so it, the thing about Dua Lipa, because I'll say her most recent album um, was fantastic. And I feel like it kind of got lost a bit in the shuffle of COVID. Because it was right before COVID. Yeah, I feel like it, it just didn't really get to do that it deserves. And maybe it will. But I think that that's probably part of the impetus behind this whole idea of doing a remix album. Um, which, uh, while it's not something people have been doing a lot lately... In this particular case, I'm like, is this really necessary? Um, but there's a sped up. So the vocal sped up, first of all, which I found a little like, why? Mm-hmm. Um, to your point, I agree. I was like, oh, my God, I can hear Madonna like singing this entire song by herself. By herself. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, that's that makes it weird now. Um, so, you know, Madonna's insertion, it like so it makes sense listening to it being remixed because, again, it does sound like it's her song all of a sudden. Missy sounds like afterthought. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, for this to be, and it literally is one of my favorite tracks off of the original Mm -hmm. album, is definitely on shuffle, this this remix. And if this is a sign of things to come, I... I um, fear I'll be disappointed in in the execution of Mm -hmm. the full remix album. All right. Next is Tiana Major 9. I think it's Major 9. I don't know what you're supposed to do with that 9 at the end. Um, but silent she released an EP at sixes and sevens. If you don't know who this is, you may remember that she had um, a duet on the Queen and Slim soundtrack. This was called Collide. It was a fucking amazing song that we talked about on the pod, um, you know, ahead of the movie being released. Um, and that was actually Tiana Major 9 um, featuring Earth Gang. Um, and now she has at sixes and sevens, which is her um, newly released EP. Um, and I actually didn't even know the EP came out, didn't come up on any of my um, streaming services, which is weird because normally all this stuff does. Um, but you brought her to my attention mm-hmm. and brought this release to my attention. And I have to say that she actually is definitely a young artist that I want to watch. Um, the EP begins with this mantra of I accept my emotions and allow them to serve their purpose. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, okay, we're about to get some highbrow shit up in here. Mm-mm. Okay, so then that piqued my interest. And I'm like, Not okay, so now I'm, now I'm listening. Like, okay, okay, what's she going to say? So I would say that the main thing with Tiana that I like is the tone of her voice, mm. which um, I think is reminiscent of Layla Hathaway, but is also different. And mm. I appreciate that, that she has a tone that is really great, you know, and because usually with a tone, it becomes recognizable. Mm-hmm. And I feel like her voice could become recognizable as she releases more mm-hmm. music. You know, like when you hear Jasmine Sullivan, you know what's Jasmine mm-hmm. Sullivan. You know, if if you've heard Layla Hathaway before, when we hear her, you know her. And I think that she could be on that level. And I really love this EP. You know, it's mellow, it's chill, it's very laid back. Um, my favorite tracks are um, in, in exclusively, but it starts with ellipses. So if you're going to be looking for any of this music, you probably should just look up Tiana Major 9 um, and then look for her music. But exclusively, um, Lucky uh collide of course which is one of my faves um and then same space is another one of my favorite tracks from her and this is definitely on repeat so for me this is like a 22 minute um 24 minute ep it is brief but it's long enough for us to understand um that the singer from london is flawless yeah she's british i forgot to mention that um it is really a mixture of multiple genres like there's pop there's jazz there's reggae there's r&b there's soul 
it really allowed us to even see what she term actually term um, has created a term a hip hop attitude. Um, which I found to be an interesting way of describing this body of work. Her music, again, focuses on universal time. So really, she said this, to be at sixes and sevens means to be in a state of total confusion. Love is huh. confusion. Okay. So the... Highbrow shit, like I said. Mm-hmm. First <laughs> stripped, back open, stripped back opener exclusively really shows her harmonies um, and then also combining this neo soul, which is like where is where you're seeing or hearing the Leah Hathaway vibe. Then there's this other standout called Think About You, and it is a standout because it's this bouncy nod to her Jamaican roots, and it has this like ode to like makes you want to just get out there and do something. Um, and that gave me like a cell vibes mm-hmm. because it reminded me of Cell's first po- project mm-hmm. where, where there was this reggaeton reggaeton to the, the music um not reggaeton but like reggae space tone <laughs> okay <laughs> yes thank you for clarifying that. um also <laughs> there's this tenderness on the one song called same space which is about that's where i got the gospel vibe because she has say, shared that she comes from a gospel background um which i found interesting this will be on repeat there's moments that i just really enjoyed and this is a body of work from beginning to end that I will listen to. She worked with DJ Camper, which I feel like is he's working with everyone big in the R&B right now. Yeah, he definitely Giddy, is. Giddy, who is someone that worked with Sir, Miguel, BJ the Chicago Kick, her. I feel like this EP is... The feeling I have with this EP is the exact feeling I had when I heard her's first EP. Mm-hmm. When everyone else was like, who is this woman wearing sunglasses behind a, a film? And no one... And we were listening to her music, and you're like, I remember Ray specifically was like, this oh is snoozy. Oh, for God's sake. And Do I we feel need like to replay this, this every is just, time? You're a trailblazer, yes. This okay. is just, I've never, I haven't felt this way about an artist okay. since her. Yes. So I feel like she is has big things in front and of And to her. be clear, at first, her, you just, you didn't see her at all. She wasn't even behind the screen. Correct. Just, there was no... Pictures of her, it was just like silhouettes uh-huh. in, in like her gra- her um, art direction for her releases. And I'm here for every moment <laughs> of Tiana Major 9 is silent. <laughs> All right. So the last selection this week, I know, Shuffle and Repeat is long this week. Good music came out this week. Um, mostly good music. Um, and the last one is Anderson Pack, and it is his new, I guess, single called Cut Him In. Cut Him In as in C-U-T-E-M-I-N. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So, Hit Boy production. Oh, yeah, this is yours. Not mine. Yes, ma'am. Hit Boy production. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to steal your thunder. It's fine. <laughs> I was just trying to slide in. Um, <laughs> this is called Cut Him In, and it has Anderson Pack, um, obviously lead artist. Rick Ross is on it. Um, I like the message. It really is about friends who support friends and elevate each one another. Um, I feel like it's a really interesting uh, continuation of like a really good bot, a really song, good song, which he did lockdown and then this song. So I feel like we're on a good vibe with Anderson. I haven't liked all of his projects. So I like the either. fact that the last two songs I really enjoy makes me excited for the next um, project. This actually is a part of Madden 21 soundtrack. Oh God. So, <laughs> Really interesting. That is interesting. Also, Rick Ross. I didn't mind him on this song. Rick Ross is hella extra. Mm-hmm. 
sidebar if anyone saw him on Versus where a woman was giving him a massage. Oh my goodness. While he had his shirt off. Ew. And his titties were exposed. Yuck. <laughs> um, Rick Ross is just so fucking extra. And I would just say this, this song for me is on repeat. I feel like it is, it's a short song. It's less than three minutes. But well, I mean, if it's on the Madden soundtrack or whatever. I, I would say it it's be. definitely a song that you should listen to. Yeah, so same. You know, I can echo some of the same sentiments. I'm not always all in with um, Anderson. You know that first, that album he put out was fucking amazing. It was um, it just it was a vibe. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I just felt a decline as far as like you know my interest in his music. Um, with you know notable exceptions, this being one of them. Um, I like Cut Him In. Um, I feel like this is when he's really at his best. It's a clear nod to funk music. There's like guitar. Yeah. Um, he often sounds um, a lot like Kendrick to my ear when he's singing or rapping or whatever it is that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but it's really uncanny, kind of like the similarities yeah. in their voices in my mind. Um, but I like the lyrics. Um, you know, he talks about, you know, the importance of keeping good friends around you. Um, and you know, I think that's super sound advice, protecting your energy and your peace is super important in 2020. Um, so it's definitely on repeat for me. And just like you, despite Rick Ross's um, inclusion, um, you know, I don't find, I didn't find it as off putting as I normally do when I hear his voice, when he comes into a song, I normally cut it off. And in this case, I just listened to the whole thing and it was fine. (laughs) Well, that is also on repeat for you. That's yes. good. And Play I mean, I mean, yeah, it is. And I mean, we've reached the end of the show. Well, friends, my family and all the cousins <laughs> that may listen, thank you for joining us. Yes. We enjoy every moment, every listen, every share, every like, every comment, every one of you. And we <laughs> want to thank you again, because without you, you everyone. there would be no me. <laughs> there would be no us. Okay. Well, thank you. And we'll be back next week. Bye, girl. (laughs) Bye.